Hello, I'm Amber Athey, Washington editor of The Spectator, and I'm here to tell you about our fantastic new election offer. Go to spectator.us slash election offer and subscribe to get three months free access to The Spectator US website and our new app available on the Apple and Google Play stores. Make sure you're getting the very best coverage and commentary in the run-up to November 3rd. Find out more at spectator.us slash election offer. Hello and welcome to the Americano podcast. This is an election year. Will Donald Trump be re-elected? What is going on with the Democrats? And has America gone even more crazy? We'll be discussing all of these things and more, more than once a week, because we don't feel you have enough Americano in your life. I'm joined today by Kate Andrews, who is our economics correspondent, and she has written a shocking piece in this week's magazine that's causing a lot of aggravation on the internet about why she's going to vote for Joe Biden, despite being, she claims, a lifelong Republican. Kate, I suppose you were expecting this piece to get a fair bit of anger online, on Twitter in particular. I've been quite struck how angry it's made people that you've said you're going to vote for Biden despite the fact you sort of think he's a bit crap. Yeah, I don't think that saying you're going to vote for Joe Biden should be a controversial statement in this election cycle, especially when you look at the polls and the fact that he's doing extremely well nationally and also in the swing states. But it turns out that in certain circles it is. I suppose this isn't surprising because this election is ugly, it's vicious, American politics is becoming more and more polarized, and I think the idea that you can take a bit of a more nuanced perspective has, you know, gone out the window for a lot of people. Let's not forget that in America our party system doesn't work the same as it does in the UK. Here you sign up to party membership and you can have that revoked. In America, you go down to town hall, you choose how you want to register, but the umbrellas are much bigger in each party as to who is in that party and why they associate with that party. And it's much more fluid. You can be a Democrat voting Republican one time, you can be a Republican voting Democrat one time, as many times as you'd like. You can split your ticket, vote one way for the president and another way for your congressmen and women and for your senators. So... You know, I like to think that in America still, you can just look at the candidates and make an informed opinion regardless of party. I suppose Twitter and Facebook and the rest feel differently. Well, I think what's happened is the America you're describing is vanishing slightly, and it's becoming much more tribal in in terms of politics, and, and the culture will sort of cements that. And, you know, you used to, maybe a decade ago, you used to quite often meet families, American families, some of them would vote Democrats, some would vote Republicans. That seems to be disappearing now. You're you're part of a tribe and you very rarely get families that get on with each other who would vote in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. They used to say, don't speak about politics around the Thanksgiving dinner table to keep everybody happy. But the idea was that you were still coming to the table, Republican, Democrat, independent, regardless of how you voted. And I fear more and more that there's this desire to to push out people who might have different perspectives. There's a time and a place to talk about them. I, I thought that the, the Spectator magazine was certainly the place to, to talk about it. Not only is, is this acceptance or this nuance fading from American politics, but I also think the Republican Party that we knew not that long ago. When I 
originally decided that I, I there was no way I was going to be able to support Donald Trump was back in, I think, 2015, when he made comments about Mexicans being rapists. I have read it. I have listened to it over and over again. You really can't paint that any other way. And I just thought to myself, there's no no way that the party of Ronald Reagan would demonize migrants in this way. And, and Trump did. And he does. And it's been very difficult for me personally over these years to feel far away from the Republican Party, a party that I'm very connected to and have been my whole life, arguably too much so as, as I lay out a bit in the magazine. He did say some Mexicans were. I don't want to sort of make this defense of him because I think it's a bit weak. But I mean, that's factually true that some Mexicans are rapists. He said, and I'm paraphrasing a bit here, that when Mexico sends its people, these are, mm. these are his words, they're sending drug dealers, they're sending rapists. He mm. then pauses and, and then says, and I'm sure some are good people. Th- this is not the way that the Republican Party speaks about immigration. The previous three Republican presidents, Reagan and, and both of the Bushes, favored amnesty. Uh, mm. They favored extending a hand to these migrants. They knew that they, in many ways, were, that were a big part of the backbone of America, that we're all migrants. We are, in, we are a nation of immigrants. And I just thought this is going one way. It's south. And I feel like the president has proven time and time again that he has no desire to redeem himself. He just decided to pick on lots of other people in the process. Well, the, yeah, the, the phrase good people has got Trump in a lot of trouble. I mean, you say in the piece that he punches down, not up. I mean, I'd say he punches up and down and sideways and everywhere, doesn't he? Maybe. Maybe his fists just flail and you never know what direction they're going to go in. Mm. But I think all too often he makes fun of those who don't have a voice, who don't have a platform to stick up for themselves. He mocks minority groups, he mocks the disabled, he attacks women, he attacks ethnic minorities, and I I can't look away from that. I don't wish I could, I don't wish it could be different, this is what he's done, and I simply can't look away from that. I suppose the difference between 2016 and now is that in 2016 I cast a protest vote for the libertarian candidate Gary Johnson. I vote in a very left-leaning state, so I had the luxury really not being in a swing state of being able to cast my vote against two candidates that were essentially the product of the New York elite who felt like they were entitled to be president rather than it being the greatest privilege of their lives. But this time around I, I am actually voting Democrat because I, I want this to end and I want it to end now. And that's why you're not voting for Jorgensen, the libertarian candidate. You you think it's it's become too pressing to you now to end the Trump era. That's one of the reasons. I have to say, Gary Johnson, while he did not necessarily perform as well as I would have liked, not knowing what or where Aleppo was in that quite famous television moment. He was my, t- my favourite moment of American TV history. What would you do if you were elected about Aleppo? About Aleppo. And what is Aleppo? You're kidding. No. Aleppo is in Syria. It's the, uh, it's the epicenter of the refugee crisis. Okay, got it. Got it. Okay. Well, with regard to Syria, um, I do think that it's a mess. That was triggering and uh, bringing me back. But he was a two-term governor. And his VP pick was also a former governor. And I felt like these were two very capable pairs of hands overall who had experience in running states and could certainly lead the nation in a more classically liberal direction, more economically free, more socially free. And what is a governor? Sorry, that was a joke. But I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? 
no, it was it was strong. Like, better cut that out. It was strong. It was <laughs> bit of a lead balloon. No, I, I'm sorry, I wasn't honoured enough. And what is voting? <laughs> well, sorry. <it's> <laughs> Joe Biden has arguably too much experience. I think a fair criticism is that he's a career politician, but he's a politician who has a reputation amongst Republicans as well as Democrats as reaching across the aisle quite famously when President Obama couldn't negotiate with the Republicans on something like the debt ceiling, and he basically just had to stop talking to them. He'd send in Joe Biden, and Joe Biden would work it out. And I just think we're so overdue for just a glimmer of bipartisanship, a glimmer of, of kindness and hand extending rather than the punching, Freddie, that you spoke about. Well, with Biden, I'd done quite a lot of, in this week's magazine as well, quite a lot of mocking of him about his sort of frailty mentally. Which Your is very article cruel. is very funny. Yeah, but it's cruel. It's, it's cruel of me in a way. And I think maybe I'm wrong because actually there is a kind of sophistication to the Biden campaign that a lot of people have missed. And it, you know, it's working, you know, and it wouldn't be working if there wasn't some brains going behind it. I'm not sure that Biden is the brains, mm. but it's a, it's a more subtle campaign than a lot of people giving it credit for. Often the president isn't fully responsible for the successes or even the demise of of their campaign. They're smart enough or not to know what people to bring in around them to make it successful. But at the end of the day, the buck stops with them, the liability stops with them. And as Andrew Sullivan points out in our diary this week, if it is indeed the case that Joe Biden wins by quite a wide margin as the polls are reflecting at the moment, there really is only one person responsible then for Donald Trump's win back in 2016, and that was Hillary Clinton, who ran, it turned out, an absolutely abysmal campaign. And I would say she is fully responsible for that. You write a lot about economics. What is economics? all of this in <laughs> you write about economics and i'd like to ask you would you rather live under a biden economy or a trump economy on balance probably a trump economy but let's not pretend that donald trump hasn't made his mistakes in that area as well as i say in the magazine i'm, I'm genuinely worried about some of joe biden's economic policies this crazy idea that you would raise tax when an economy is trying to recover from a pandemic is absolutely ludicrous he will tighten up regulations he wants to spend a heck of a lot more money than donald trump does these are all things that that deeply worry me these are things that i'll campaign against i have absolutely no qualms if Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are in office to, you know, push back on what I would expect would be more than 50% of what they do. But Donald Trump has also made mistakes. It's thought that his trade wars have offset so many of the benefits that the country would have seen from tax cuts and, and the rollback of regulation. It, it isn't so simple as to say, well, Joe Biden is a nightmare and Trump's absolutely glorious on it. Trump has his fair share of bad policies as well. I can't say I absolutely love either of their economic strategies. But on balance, I, I'd probably say Trump. For me, this election is about more than the economy. That's really difficult to say, right? There are actually very few circumstances where I think that the economy wouldn't be at the top of my list. But but I'd have thought in this pandemic year, hmm. with the opinions you hold about lockdowns and things like that, you, you know, a, a Biden administration is much more likely to push towards shutting economies down than a Trump administration has been. I suspect he's more likely to push. I also recognize that the systems in the United States are robust. The governors have a lot of power. 
as they did with Donald Trump. I mean, Donald Trump was pushing for states to reopen and governors were refusing to do so. So I have, I have faith in the system, in our decentralized system, that states w- will continue to trump the federal government in deciding what's right for them. And I also actually have to wonder if the simple stability that a Biden presidency might bring into the nation will help with the COVID recovery as well. I wouldn't be surprised if we did see some benefits from that. I mean, I put my hands up and admit that Joe Biden has a lot of economic policies, a lot of policies full stop, that I don't agree with. This is a painful part of having a a two-party system, which we don't have here in the UK. I think in the UK, you can vote for the Lib Dems, you can vote for the Greens. You know they're not going to deliver the next prime minister, but there's a social acceptance for doing this. There's a tactical reason for doing it quite often. In the US, it really is two-party. And and personally, I I, I think people should be able to vote whichever way they want. Morally, ethically, I have no issue with casting your vote for a third party, for spoiling your ballot. It is not your job to vote for politicians. It is their job to get you on board with them. So this isn't a criticism of those who vote third party. I I did it in 2016, and and I don't regret it. But this time round, I just believe that the Democrats have put up a candidate who has certain qualities that I really value right now. Qualities, as I said, of reaching across the aisle, of being willing to admit when they're wrong, having actually publicly on the record admitted to having made mistakes. We could do with a bit more apologizing and humility in American politics right now. Joe Biden is a candidate who is, I think, in my opinion, trying to unite the nation far more than Donald Trump. In that first presidential debate when he was looking at the camera, talking about what unites us as Americans, not dividing us, that will have resonated with a lot of people, including myself. So this is not to say that I am a convert to the Democrat Party. It is to say that I am lending my vote this time, and I really hope only this time, so that perhaps the Republican Party out of office, can take a good long look at itself, get a grip, and return to the principles that made the GOP so great in the first place. Do you think being an American abroad has affected your decision? Do you think if you were living in America as an American, you might be slightly more inclined to oppose the Democrats? I'm totally open-minded to the idea that if I were, say, living in a big metropolitan city at the moment where rioters were on my doorstep, that I might take a slightly different approach. I don't know what that alternative scenario looks like. I've been in the UK for many, many years now. You know, this is my perspective sitting in London, watching America burn on the television over the summer, watching at the same time, these extremely peaceful and moving protests in, 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 in the wake of George Floyd's murder, and watching a president respond so badly on both fronts, watching him try to make the police brutality about himself, watching him try to make these riots and the burning down of businesses and cars about himself rather than the Americans affected by these horrible things. And to be honest, I, I think regardless of how you, you spin that, if you focus more on the peaceful protests, if you focus more on the riots, I come to the same conclusion, which is that Joe Biden would be better at handling both. One thing that I know nearly changed your mind about supporting Biden, because I think you, you obviously like Biden as a person, was when he chose Kamala Harris as his running mate. You're not a fan of hers, but yet you're still just about going to vote for Biden Yeah, I think I said on a Spectator podcast maybe a month or so ago that his VP pick could change my mind. And I think I might have actually referenced Kamala Harris as one of the picks that would 
potentially make me change my mind. She is significantly further to the left in terms of American politics. She is hugely supportive of the Green New Deal. I do not like her track record in California as attorney general. She became famous for locking a lot of nonviolent offenders up. I think you could actually argue that Donald Trump has done more for criminal justice reform on the federal level than many Republicans and Democrats combined. So yeah, that was a challenge. One might say that Joe Biden made it as hard as possible for independents, Republicans like me to to come onto his side. I'm still choosing to do it because for me, the question is always what of the alternative? You say I I like Joe Biden, Freddie. I mean, I've said quite a lot of nice things about him and, and I mean all of them. By no means do I think he's perfect. He's not. I suppose he's flawed in a way that I think a lot of people are flawed. We've all made mistakes. We all have lots of regrets. Do I wish that there were two different candidates on the ballot in November? Yeah, I absolutely do. I felt that way four years ago. I imagine a lot of Americans have felt that way for decades. And perhaps we need to look at our system as a whole and and, and why we're feeding through relatively lackluster candidates that fail to inspire the nation. But I'm far more inspired by what Joe Biden could bring, and that is a sense of stability and calmness and kindness, than I am by four more years of Trump. He stoops so low all the time, and given four more years, I don't think he'd hesitate to show us just how much further he would go. But you were quite impressed by Mike Pence, and we did a podcast about the vice presidential debate. You were quite impressed by him, having not been a particular fan beforehand, I don't think. And I mean, if Pence were to be were to become the Republican nominee, you would choose him over Biden? It's hard to say because he's on Trump's ticket, supporting yeah. Trump's policies and has stood by Trump through what I just find to be absolutely horrendous comments. And I think that that speaks to one's character as well. I thought Pence performed extremely well at the vice presidential debate. I think he won. I think he showed another side of himself that the nation had not seen before. I had texts from many Republican friends friends over in the States saying, gosh, I wish it were Pence who was running for president. It would make it so much easier this time around. I suppose it's just too little too late. On that note, we'll end it. Thank you very much, Kate. Thanks, Freddie.